0: Innovation Rockstars. Rockstars. Innovation
1: Rockstars.
0: In this episode, we welcome Dr. Eva Mitterreiter, Head of Innovation and New Business Building, Consulting at Bosch, and Jennifer Graf, Partner at Digiteers.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Innovation Rockstars. My name is Chris Mülleroth, and in this episode, I'm excited to welcome two guests. Dr. Eva Mitterreiter, Head of New Business Building and Innovation Consulting at Bosch, and Jennifer Graf, Partner at Digiteers. So in another episode with Manuel Kraus, we talked about organizational ambidexterity and how business model innovations are created, launched, and scaled at Bosch. And in this episode, we will dive into the genesis of, of, of all of this. So I'm really excited. This is an exciting topic. Thanks to both of you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having us, Chris.
1: (laughs) Thank you. All right. So as always, let's kick things off with a 60 seconds introduction sprint of both of you. So the sprint is all about you, your career and your current role. And uh, we start with Eva, then Jennifer is next. So Eva, for the next 60 seconds, the stage is all yours. Let's go.
2: Hi, I'm Eva. I'm a business model innovation specialist and enthusiast at Bosch. I started there around eight years ago with a PhD in business model innovation. And then I built up the central department of BMI, so business model innovation, with uh, some very engaging colleagues of mine. And we kind of brought new business models into the organization. So we did this via Business Model Academy, um, via our Bosch Accelerator program, from what Manuel, I'm sure, told you a little bit about, where we test and validate a lot of ideas. And we also do hands-on BMI consulting, Um, I, for my part, did around 150 to 200 uh, startups, coaching and supporting. And now I'm in a business unit at the Bosch Engineering. And I do transformation and business model consulting together with Jennifer, for example, from the Digiteers. And yeah, privately, I am calling from Nuremberg. I am renovating a house there. So next big
1: project. Many big projects. All right. (laughs) Sounds great. Thanks. Jennifer, now this stage is yours. Let's go.
3: Hi, um, I'm saying hi from um, Munich and uh, as you said I'm a partner at Digiteers and Digiteers you may not know it, <laughs> it's quite uh, new on the market since two years, it's a, a digital transformation and management consultancy and um, yeah, with my passion for people and innovation I uh, support yeah many different clients, mostly industry clients um, to succeed in this new digital area era and um, yeah, we do it from strategy to implementing and developing um, digital products and services. And what did I do before? Um, yeah, some years ago, I started at a small foresight company. I think that's where my yeah passion for innovative uh, topics grew. And afterwards, I was strategy consultant at IBM. Um, also pushing innovative topics uh, at dif- diverse clients, um, always in the intersection between IT and business. Um, and yeah, I did, for example, I created a innovation lab, incubator for a client, um, did different uh, digital business models and implemented also um, digital services and products.
1: Thanks. All right, great story. Okay, so next thing. Here are two sentence starters for each of you. Uh, And I would like to ask you to complete those sentences. And we will start with Jennifer. Um, The next big wave in innovation will be...
3: Uh, I think collaborative ecosystems and uh, partnerships. And we will dive into that topic today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, perfect. All right, Eva, the next one is for you. I work in consulting because...
2: Um, because I um, love supporting our customers and bringing them forward by um, sharing our knowledge that we collected, but also our lessons learned from the last years.
1: Brilliant. All right. Jennifer, uh, any organization needs an operating system because...
3: Because um, as a good football game or any other game, um, also companies need some playbook to yeah, be able to operate and to play the game.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Play the game. All right. And finally, Eva, um, the impact of artificial intelligence on building new businesses probably will be...
2: Probably will be huge, radical, disruptive.
1: Huge, radical, and disruptive. Brilliant. All right. So, okay, let's talk consulting and zoom out first a bit. Um, to talk about consulting. So be it internal or external consulting. Now, my feeling is that consulting as a term and the offering itself has quite a polarizing effect for some consulting still appears to be very expensive, highly competitive, human resource intensive. You get the notion, um, and as an outcome, you will receive some PowerPoint slides. You work from Monday to Thursday Mm -hmm. and on Friday. You do all the PMO tasks. You probably know all of that saying, right? So my question is, is the consulting business actually still like that or is it changing? And if so, where is the innovation in consulting? Mm
3: -hmm. Um, I think, yes, it is changing and it needs to be, it needs to change actually, because um, I think from different point of views, and I think the first one is, As you said, um, like back in the days or also the last years, it was like that, that you work a lot of hours, like 24 hours (laughs) um, a day. And I think that's changing. That's the first thing that um, the new generations, um, yeah, are not willing to do that anymore because they have a higher focus on work-life balance and yeah, want to do other, other things than just work. And also, um, maybe the values change as well. That's, I think, the first thing. Um, and consultancies and other companies as well uh, need to adapt to it. And I think the second thing, also very important thing, is that, um, yeah, I mean, all information are now available, right? Like for clients, for yeah. everyone. So consultancies, it was previously the... Thing. They had the, their frameworks, they had their methods. And so they need to, to change. And I think they need to change to a more asset-based consultant, uh, consultancy where yeah, consultancies also create their own processes, their own products and own services on top of their normal um, normal approach. So I think that there are two yeah things from my side.
2: <laughs> I would add, um, maybe more specifically, when you go on our daily work, Um, When we work with our customers, we see that there's really a growing need also for more operative hands-on support Mm -hmm. and implementation strength. Um, So the customers do not only want that classical strategic and methodological part of consulting, where you have slides and then can go to an internal stakeholder journey, um, but that you always also have a strong operative hands-on support. And this, I think, is becoming much more important in times of crisis when we see budget cuts all over the place and especially in innovation, right? So we see that a lot of firms are struggling. They do not have budget. They also do not have enough headcount uh, to really try um, new ideas and validate them. And um, so it was also a trigger for us thinking about how can we bring in a strong focus and a very quick and, and yeah fast value creation.
1: All right. That's really interesting. So it's back to getting hands dirty again not being on a too high level, creating frameworks and processes, but also execution. Um, And Jennifer, as you said, you know, productive consulting um, and include some execution parts in there as well. Okay, that's cool. Um, Now, on top of that, I heard the term uh, collaboration is the new competition quite a few times recently. And it also came up in one of our previous episodes with um, McDonald's and Audi. So, and you know, the statement refers to leaders and organizations acknowledging that even their best individual efforts cannot stock up uh, stack up anymore against today's complex and interconnected problems. Um, one example of this might be innovating along or across the supply chain. You cannot do this alone anymore. You need to work with partners and suppliers, uh, and potentially their second, third, fourth level of partners, depending on how the supply chain is set up. So, How do you approach that new normal? um, And what role does partnering play in your concept?
2: Yeah, um, Christo, we totally agree with this. And this is also something we see in our daily work um, that you also have mentioned that, especially when you're working with new business models, um, there are more and more ecosystems needed. Firms realize that they cannot offer what is needed on the market just by themselves. Um, so they need a strong partnering approach, and we see them everywhere, right? In the automotive sector, for example, in autonomous driving, yeah. in a software-defined vehicle area, for example, or in consulting, as we are talking about today. Um, and our approach, our view is that apart from, of course, partnering to create a win-win situation, it's also to build up a, a long-term relationship, to bring some stability into the game. Um, to offer our customers really a stable value proposition and experience so that they, on their side, do not have to hop from one partner to another, but they that they know that they can rely on us um, and that they know what they have if they uh, work with us together.
3: Yeah. And I would like to add something. I think that's a really good point, uh, this long-term view, because I think... Um we said when we talked about it I think it was a few weeks ago we had that topic with a with another colleague and uh, they also said uh, like a partnership tourism and we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So um yeah and I think it's also um, important maybe to say what it's not a partnership. So I think it's also important um that we don't want to yeah do everything. So we say we partner up to do a specific thing. Um, and not to do everything in the supply chain, <laughs> but to um, yeah incorporate really the experts for it and um, the experts that complement each other. I think that's important as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. That, that's a fair point. Okay, now these are the benefits. Uh, can you also talk about some of the challenges you face now with the partnering approach?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the challenges, it's right in the beginning, actually, when you yeah, are searching for the right partner um, to partner with. And I think it's um, that you have to check whether you have the same values and also the same understanding of specific terms and the topics you're you're working with with the client. Because um, what I noticed is that, for example, when you say a buzzword like agile or business model innovation, like different companies and also different people, I mean, we're all individuals, <laughs> have different opinions about it. And um, yeah. That's why I think it's, it's a challenge and also, on the other hand, very important to sort that out in the, right in the beginning. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think I can add, like, if it's on the one hand, the alignment of, of terms and, and the content, but on the other, like in our case, also the alignment of, of processes, right? So we as Bosch, for example, are a very big ship with uh, um, complicated processes sometimes. And like uh, the Digiteers are a smaller consultancy. Um, and so kind of need to bring that together. When we started our partnership, it was like, we were all very motivated and we wanted to bring things forward very quickly, but then we're sometimes slowed down by little, kind of the administrative processes in mm-hmm. the back, uh, especially from from the Bosch side. Maybe. <laughs> Oops, so that is sure. one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say another uh, perspective on the customer side, um, when we're talking to customers, um, sometimes that we get the question, well, can I um, ask you something provocative? So why do you as Bosch need a partner? Can't you do yep. it all by yep. yourself? Um, and we say, well, we are a big company with a broad know-how and network, but we cannot do everything on our own. Um, and I think this is also kind of a mindset change also for us within Bosch, um, that there are more and more people really realizing that, um, this not invented here syndrome that they kind of overcome it and say, well, there's really a benefit if we partner um, with other firms to really get the best value creation and the best additional value for our customers.
1: Mm -hmm. Honestly, the the not invented here syndrome is sometimes quite massive. Do you have any ideas or approaches on how to overcome that? How can you overcome um, the syndrome with, you know, um, um, uh, when you work with the different teams, Um, that actually, you know, could benefit from that, but are exposed to that syndrome?
2: Well, of course, it's challenging. And of course, it's not something you can solve from one day to the other, right? It's a mindset change uh, in the organization. But like, for example, at Bosch, we have an open innovation initiative, which is growing stronger and stronger, um, which is communicating, which is really making aware Um, all our employees, what the benefits are of some partnership, of uh, collaboration. And then I think it just needs to sink in and you have to kind of tell the story all over again, Mm -hmm. which is the same in business model innovation, by the way, Um, different uh, KPIs, different methods, different processes. It's just something that, um, and you cannot blame uh, like a Bosch employee because they have been doing the other way their whole life, right? And they learn something new. So it takes a little bit of time. Um, but I think with patience and just a repetition um, and some new minds that are fresh minds that are also coming to the company, um, mm-hmm. I think we all have already moved a little bit ahead in and, that.
3: And I think that's also a syndrome also on the client side, because um, as a consultant, I see it also on the client mm-hmm. side that sometimes... They say then, uh, yeah, okay, for this specific matter, we want you and we we want you to support us. But (laughs) this thing we want to do on our own um, and we want to, yeah, I don't know, inform everyone that we did that and spread the message. So I think it's also, yeah, also on the client side.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very much agreed. So could we say that one of the keys to unlock this is Clear, concise, repeated communication. Is that fair to say? Yeah,
2: exactly. That is one thing. And then, I mean, we can add to what we just um, mentioned before to the challenges, right? Like for the administrative processes, it's more like um, also patients again, also a little bit planning ahead. Like um, we are no newbies at Bosch. We kind of know how to play the system. So we know when there's a project coming that we really start early with these processes. Um, And on the customer side, what I just talked about also um, about the value of our partnership, explaining this to the customers, it's also very important um, that we have an internal preparation before, right, that we with our partner um, talk very clearly about what is the value for one side, what's the value for the other side and what's the value for the customer. And if we are very clear on that, we can also communicate that very clearly to the
1: customer. Yeah. Yeah. Clarity. This is great advice. Okay. Now, okay. Before we dive deeper into the partnership, I would love to play a quick game and the game is called either, or it's a game of choice. So the rules are pretty simple. I mean, really simple. I just give you two options. You choose one of the options uh, and then spend one sentence each um, to briefly explain your choice. Okay, Jennifer, we'll start with you. Uh, it's about vacation. Uh, ocean view or mountain view? Oh. <laughs>
3: I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think now the latter ocean view, because now in um, Munich, I have a lot of mountains and I um, really need some ocean time, (laughs) some wind, sea and yeah, just the sun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Makes perfect sense. Okay. Eva, um, what would you go either for? Would you go for a fully fledged full day workshop or a series of smaller, more frequent sessions?
2: I would rather go for smaller sessions, um, depending on if it's virtual or face-to-face, by the way. If it's yeah. face-to-face, I would take a full-day workshop because you can interact a lot and you have some coffee breaks where you can chat also a little bit off If it's virtual, I would prefer the smaller ones.
1: Understood. All right, that's fair. Now, Jennifer, would you either work 100% on a remote island, like a really far out island from now on, or 100% in an office building, and why so?
3: Uh, I think then... Actually, the office building, although Digiteers is a, a remote first company, but I think I would really miss the people around me because at Digiteers, we um, still meet each other. We have our next team meeting, we go to a spa hotel and <laughs> we do some strategy workshops and um, some work. But yeah, definitely then the office because I would really miss like just the yeah communication, the cooperation. And I believe that yeah better things grow out of it yeah. if you... Yeah, if you see each other. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, got it. And finally, Ifa, if I would ask you, where would you be found more often? In a trendy restaurant or in a village pub?
2: Um, It would, I think, more be a village pub where we can maybe be a little bit... Lou is a little bit yeah. more innovative, maybe also yeah. a little bit more relaxing.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Great choice. All right. Now back to consulting and back to the partnership. So mm-hmm. we had a discussion on trends, benefits, challenges. So now let's dive deeper into the partnership. Um, can you talk to how your partnership looks in detail? What, what are some of its characteristics?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so if you start with what we do, what we're offering, our value proposition is that we think that our formula of success is exactly the combination that we talked about earlier about the classical strategy consulting combined with the operative um, work, really hands-on work. And we think that we bring everything to the table, like Bosch has this century-long um, deep know-how experience, um, also this deep operative uh, know-how and work and the Digiteers, on the other hand, are a small agile company with a big digital know-how and a fast implementation ability. And if you pair this, I think we can uh, just create the biggest customer value. Um, and maybe to, just to add a little bit from the Bosch side, um, we are coming from <coughs> sorry we are coming from an um, internal consultancy. So we have many experience, many years of experience in internal consulting, and the thing with internal consulting is that you can always be reached. Right so mm-hmm. also if a project is finished our uh, colleague can always just call you and complain uh, if he needs to <laughs> and this is why we always had our highest quality standards mm. right so because we wanted to avoid exactly this and this is something that we transfer also to our external clients of of course this high quality standard and then the other aspect of that is that uh, we do not stop at slides Uh, Because that's just basically also not what we're doing within Bosch, right? We really do hands-on operative work, and that's what we want to bring to our clients as well.
3: Yeah, and I think on top of that also... Um, we spoke earlier about the values and what we uh, each of us understands under um, like in terms of different topics. And I think that's really important because one thing is, for example, transparency, which really also characterizes our partnership. And I really like it um, um, that we work together because we also share, for example, Client list, clients, uh, list of clients. I mean, not like the whole thing, (laughs) because obviously we do projects on our own as well. (laughs) Um, But we um, share it and we work together on slides and we work together in the projects, not only on those slides. And um, I think that's really something that is really important. Yeah.
1: Yeah, good. So you can bring in good things from both worlds, corporate and non-corporate. Now on tasks and and responsibilities, how, how do you clearly... Delineate tasks and responsibilities between the partners. Mm
3: -hmm. So um, actually, we really depends on the client because um, it really depends on the needs of the client. And then we, yeah, go for the thing that is or the um, yeah, like how or we go for the (laughs) the strategy or the process that is best for the client. And um, but actually, we do both. So. Mm We really see us uh, also in, in the projects at the clients in a tandem, for example, and uh, also work there. Then, of course, we have maybe dif- different foci. For example, I don't know, uh, one project about a smart factory, then it was more uh, on the side of Bosch to bring in another expert that has really this industry um, knowledge, but um, and maybe a little bit more from the digital side, um, yeah, in terms of the strategic direction. Um, so, we really. Yeah, do it like that. And um, I also think that in terms of customer acquisition, um, it's kind of equal because that's, I think, an interesting fact because, um, yeah, some projects like come from Bosch and some from Digiteer. So we both, um, yeah, do it like both ways.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then maybe to add, when it just comes to the operative, normal daily work, um, it's that we... um, work together on slides, on on customer projects, um, and we share our tasks, right? Um, We sit together in remote meetings, weekly meetings, um, um, but it's also the case that when there's someone very busy uh, with another project, the other one just jumps in and does a little bit more. So it's a very collaborative way of working, I would say.
1: Yeah, understood. And um, on the communication aspect, do you communicate your value proposition and the solutions you offer um, as if it comes from one single source or are you approaching this more transparently saying that at least two companies are involved. These are the benefits of having both all together. And how does sourcing work? Um, do you just have, do, do your clients like to have just one contractor or multiple ones? How does that work?
3: Mm-hmm. So it also depends on the client, but um I mean, our preferred way is actually one face to the customer. So um, we really try, for example, yeah, when we start the conversations with the clients, that we um, say, okay, this is what Bosch can offer, this is what Digiteers can offer, but this is what we can do together. And for each client, we really work it out what this like sweet spot is. And um, then we really try to offer it in a joint way, but it really depends. We had it now... Um, in the commercial terms, for example, that we did it then separately because yeah. it was just easier. Um, so we do it really both ways, um, and I think to do that, it's really important, yeah, to trust each other and to have this transparent communication because otherwise, it's not possible. Yeah,
2: yeah. But maybe Chris to to add um, to your question, we are always honest to what we bring on the tables, what Bosch brings on the table, what Digitier does. So always this. What is the value that our, our strength from Bosch and what's the digital strength. So we are very transparent in the customer um, context. And I think that's also something the customer really appreciates and understands as well. Yeah.
1: All right, great. Now let's get real. Can, can you give us a project example of your work or obviously not sharing something confidential?
3: Um, I cannot share the name, but I can say which industry. So it's an automotive OEM, for example. And I think that's also very important or very interesting that we focus um, on clients that we both can handle or that we both have something to offer. So it's mainly in the industry section. um, And that was one automotive um, client. And we did an agile project. And um, this one came more from digiteers and uh, we, yeah, needed really an expert in the field of agile etro- etro- transformation, who really, yeah, did it like the day by day, mm-hmm. and who did the transformation like the past uh, five or ten uh, years at least. And um, yeah, this was really a success. So that's one. And maybe another one, it's um, yeah a little bit newer. <laughs> so we are right uh, in the middle of it. Um, it's also with a industry client, but it's a mid-sized company. And um, yeah, they are more hardware focused and their business model is as well. So um, they wanted to change their business model or at least wanted to develop some options um, for them for uh, more digital di- um, business models. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing with them together. And that's also a lot of fun, I would say. <laughs>
2: and I think uh, to add to what Jennifer just said to the last project, um, it's also just to give you an example um, what we bring to the table, Bosch, and what can big- Digiteers bring to the table is that we as Bosch bring in our innovation know how. We use our Bosch innovation framework on how to test new ideas, how to build them up. Um, But what is not our strength so far is to develop MVPs and prototype very quickly, (laughs) right? And at this part, Digiteers jumps in where they say, hey, we can do this very quickly in a very lean way. And so we can really combine those strengths and create the biggest
1: value for the customer. Got it. Okay, that's the tandem you've been talking about. Great. Okay, now finally, let's try to summarize all of this into some actionable Recommendations. So my question to you is, in your opinion, what are the most important success factors and maybe, you know, three recommendations from your partnering approach that you would like to give to others?
2: So um, it would be for me, honesty and transparency. That's what also Jennifer just mentioned, that we're really transparent and who the client lists and who are we talking to um, mm. so that you can really build up a trust. Uh, foundation. And then it's what we already talked about, the delineation of tasks, yes. a clear delineation. So who does what that needs to be clear. And then maybe on the softer side, it's also you have to have fun uh, and it kind of has to match. So when we met for the first time, it was pretty clear uh, pretty soon um, that we are kind of on the same value base, yeah. that we share the same values and that we also have the same perspectives about how do we want to treat our clients. Um, and how do we work? Our working style was a kind of the same or similar. Um, so this is all a very good base, a foundation for building up a successful partnership.
3: And Maybe um, in addition, just a small thing: um, we also had the same outcome in mind. So we, what um, Eva um, mm-hmm. told us previously, this implementation focus or this outcome drivenness—that we don't only want to produce slides, um, but we are rather focused on real outcomes and long lasting outcomes for the client and because what we also saw is that um a lot of yeah consultancies or companies write it then on their website first but they don't do any projects and we right. kind of do it the other way around <laughs> we just do it first learn from it iterate a little bit and then maybe put it somewhere but um yeah <laughs> i think that's also something we can share
1: okay that's great advice So we are close to the end of this episode, but before, um, I need to get your rockstar moments. So Jennifer, you go first. Uh, Looking back on your professional career, what would you say was your greatest innovation rockstar moment so far?
3: Innovation rockstar moment. Um, I think it was a lot of rockstars, actually, because... (laughs) When I think about it, it was, um, so not me, but a lot of other rock stars. <laughs> um, I think it was like, yeah, some years ago at a client and we had like a yearly kickoff um, in January and um, they wanted to do a kickoff for all the C-level people. And it was like 20 C-level people from dis- different business units. And until this point, they thought design, design thinking, innovative methods, it's only putting nice colorful post somewhere <laughs> and they didn't really grasp it what it really was and in that workshop um, we managed within one and a half days yeah it was more one day to create um, to start with a problem and to create a whole virtual reality app a prototype of it and um, with those sea levels so there were no other people (laughs) and um, they did it and I think it was for me yeah those little rock stars because I could really see the change in their minds. And I think that was the yeah
2: greatest thing for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great moment. Thanks. Ifa, what about you? What is your innovation rockstar moment?
2: Um, I think my innovation rockstar moment was when um, we were validating a lot of ideas, right? And we had 24 startup teams at that time that were testing their ideas on the market. Um, and then um, at the end of that eight weeks, um, Twelve teams came up on stage, and they said they are a no-go. So, meaning they will not go on with the idea because they have just no evidence from the market that their idea will be successful in the future. And um, those ideas, they got, or uh, those no-go decisions, they got much more applause from the audience than the actual go ones. And for me, this is a rockstar moment because it indicates a mindset change in the organization. Right, that you celebrate failure, that you celebrate uh, not failure in spe- uh, specifically, but also um, stopping projects very early and putting the resources into new ideas. Um, so that was my rockstar moment.
1: Fantastic. That all sounds great. And, you know, uh, recently someone told me, you know, maybe it's not about fail fast, fail early, but uh, fail fast, fix fast. So maybe we can discuss this in an upcoming episode as well. But that's it for the moment. With this, we wrap up this episode. Eva, Jennifer, thanks for the great conversation.
2: Thank, Thank you, Chris. you so much, Chris. <laughs> it was
1: very fun. All right. And to everybody listening or watching, if you like the show, leave us a rating or a review and share the podcast with whomever you want. And if you want to get in touch, simply shoot us a message at info at now, that's it. Thanks for your time. See you in the next episode. Take care, and bye- bye.
0: These were innovation rock stars, Dr. Eva Midrider from Bosch and Jennifer Graf from Digiteers on partnering for Innovation. If you would like to give us feedback on this episode or know someone, perhaps yourself, who also has some thrilling stories or insights to share from the world of corporate innovation, just shoot us a note at info at innovationrockstars.show. If you like the show, then leave us a rating and recommend it to others. For more inspiring innovation stories, visit our website at www.innovationrockstars.show or browse through our Innovation Rockstars channel on all major podcast platforms.